Did Don Draper really buy the world a Coke? Did Tony Soprano really die or just order more onion rings? The finales of our favorite shows can make us argue, make us cry, and make us crazy. From Spotify and The Ringer, I'm Andy Greenwald, and this is Stick the Landing, a new podcast where we'll be telling the story of modern TV backwards, one fade out at a time. Find Stick the Landing on Wednesdays on the Prestige TV feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like Available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Fantasy football show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Corbett. Oh, the catch just left. He was on the lap. It's okay. All right. We are previewing the wild card round weekend. I'll never call it super wild card round. I will die. Do it. That. Previewing wild card weekend. We have emails at the end following up on a couple of emails. situations. We're going to get to wild cards. We're going to just rank the games here like one to six, you know, just like which games are good, which are not. First, DK and I did an emergency Pete Carroll podcast because Pete Carroll's fired. Nick Saban retired during that show. And then after that show, we posted it. Uh, then Bill Belichick actually left the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So we just had like a nice, neat, okay, like end of that whole era of football. Just like nice, neat thing. They wrapped it all up at once. So we'll get to Belichick. But Craig, you missed the Pete Carroll show that we did. We don't have to rehash all of it. I listened to it. You did? Yeah, uh, of course. Thanks, man. Check out the piece at the ringer that DK wrote. But Craig, you actually produced the Flying Coach podcast we did here at the Ringer with um, Steve Kerr and Pete Carroll. Yeah, uh, Steve Kerr, another coach that might be on the chopping block based on the way the season's going for the Warriors. But yes, season one was with Steve Kerr and Pete Carroll. Season two is with Sean McVay and Peter Schrager. First of all, I listened because I always listen if I'm not on the show, but also I just, I love hearing DK talk about the Seahawks. I genuinely do. There was a work project I was doing a little bit ago and I had to like learn more about the Seahawks and research about the Seahawks. And it was lovely to talk to DK because he just knew so much and he sent me all these cool articles and, and, and he also recommended I read Pete Carroll's book. So I read it. Yeah. The the one he wrote in 2010, it's called win forever. I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I listened to it on the, I listened to the audio book, full disclosure. But <laughs> so counts. you digested the book. I digested the book. The, the words book are consumed. in your brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, you know what's funny about Pete Carroll is like, he's like, you know how your parents tell you the same thing over and over and you're like, shut up, mom. Shut up, yes. dad. Like, yes. I, th- this is so old timey. I'm never going to use this. And then you're like, 15 years go by 
And then something happens in your life and you go, wow, my, my mom was right. Or wow, my dad was right. Or oh, that, that, that point, that lesson that they were trying to instill in me actually makes sense. That's kind of like who Pete Carroll is, where he sounds like a, like an old school cartoon. But then when you actually like, it's like you, you need, you need the rungs on the tree trunk of life to actually (laughs) understand more. And I'm not, it's not like I'm 50 years old, but like, I'm already starting to understand what he was talking about based on the book. And my one example is, and this is so hokey. I play in a rec basketball league with some former ringer guys and other dudes. And it's like an organized basketball league, whatever. And our team is fine. We actually won the title last year. No big deal. But (laughs) flex. (laughs) Shouts out Colin Orcutt, Jackson Safon. Um, But sometimes, you know, it's like if you play a team that's really, really good, sometimes you lose by a lot. And I, 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 there was one game where we were getting, um, it, it was a tight game. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, for once, can we ever just win by like 20? Like, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yes. And, and then I thought back to this this line from Pete Carroll's book where he was like, you should be happy if it's a close game. You know yeah. why? You should be happy if you're losing because that means the other team is giving you the opportunity to compete at the highest level. <laughs> and I was just like, holy shit, like this is kind of cool. Like the game is tight and that means that we have to try our absolute hardest and perform at our absolute peak and be the best we can be. And if you're up 20, like what's the fun in that? And I was like, wow, Pete Carroll. He's rubbing off on me. Wow. I bet you Pete would love if you told him that, by the yeah. way. You should reach out to him. And I like, uh, literally now I'm like, I. it's fun to be down 10. It's fun when the game is tight. And that's actually better than being up 20. That's so funny. Because so I wrote this article last night. Uh, I kind of, I stayed up till like 3.30 in the morning, just like pouring over my old articles and rereading stuff and re like listening to old interviews with Pete Carroll. I have like all these interviews. I think for, like, I love Pete Carroll. <laughs> but how was it when you had to do the, all his email attachments for the audio for the show? Yeah, as well, Pete is not the most technology savvy guy. <laughs> he, he never competed with the whole technology thing. No, oh, he was competing. He just you know, he lost. was competing. He was trying his 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 damnedest hey, to figure by it out. The, way, the final score. It's not about the final score. It's about competing and striving to be to be the best. If you are in this pursuit, <laughs> then you're already winning. An email Pete was Carroll. up twenty. Pete Carroll. Um, but anyway. <laughs> email is always up 20 <laughs> you know but that's like a metaphor because you always have like 30 emails in your box you know you're never just going to catch up with the emails no um, man we used to spend just as long after the recording as we would during the recording kind of figuring out how to like send the emails <laughs> like send the audio look he, he doesn't need to know that he's not an audio guy he's not a, <laughs> a tech guy nor does he need to be but um, the files are in the computer Pete was always super professional, <laughs> super nice, yeah, as yeah. was Steve Kerr. But it, it was, I spent so much more time with Pete Carroll because we'd be on, we'd be on FaceTime, just the <laughs> two of us for like an hour, every single, like, like twice a week, like yeah. talking, figuring it out. Like his wife was there. She was annoyed that this was taking <laughs> See, this so long. this is him competing. He's competing his ass <laughs> off to do I this podcast. The, you guys said that I have the random stories. Craig FaceTime with Pete Carroll for an hour for like 10 weeks in a row, like talking to his wife. Craig going to Sean McVay's house to help set up podcast stuff. (laughs) I love those guys. (laughs) I mean, you guys went through it. You you formed a bond. I know. But yes, I I was going back through all like the old interviews and like watching interviews of him after the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, getting kind of nostalgic. And the more I was thinking about it, like the more mad I was at the Seahawks for firing him, just because it was like, yeah. it feels like you're, they're firing your dad or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, he he has been truly like a formative influence in my life. Like Craig, I was telling you this off air, um, you know, like I try to, to incorporate some of like the win forever philosophies. And by the way, it's like win forever is an amalgamation of a lot of different philosophies over the years. Like he, he, it, he was heavily influenced by John Wooden, Bill Walsh. Bud Grant, like all the people that taught him 
you know, and so it's it's not like he's necessarily like thinking up everything brand new, but like the way that he kind of encapsulates it, I thought was, you know, really like impactful. And so like you, you watch that press conference again, Hyphens and I said this yesterday, go watch his press conference because it's just really, it was kind of a powerful thing. And it was like, I, I feel like I've never seen a press conference up from a guy who got fired like that. You know what I mean? Like that was like really bizarre. You know, you know, the end of Remember the Titans and how by the end you're like, I could literally run through three feet of brick. I've never seen it, but yes, I know what you're saying. Pete Carroll is if like that feeling was a person. A hundred percent. You saw so many of this former Seahawks tweeting yesterday and today, like all this stuff about how he really changed them as like men. You know what I mean? Like he was a great coach, of course, and they won a lot of games. But like the way that he influenced them as men, this is just like. Do you guys think Belichick cool. had that same influence on, on on the human aspect of the game? Yes and no. I think that um, people... Very differently. Perhaps. Differently. I think a lot of players are trying to go out of their way to say that Belichick was a lot more human than Pete Carroll. Like, then he gets portrayed as in the media and that Belichick was better. Damien Woody was basically like, they could have cut me because I was overweight, but Belichick put me on a weight regimen plan without me knowing, sent me to North Carolina, checked in on me every single week, and like no one talks about that. But it was so that was interesting. But yeah, so Belichick wow. also had a press conference tonight. Did Pete he send him to North watching. Carolina by foot? Because that would do the trick. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but, Made him walk there. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I going, coach? There you go. <laughs> it's like, remember the Titans. Just run 5,280 yeah. feet. You go run every one of them. <laughs> Belichick. Also is done with the Patriots. They did another press conference that was like, he did open with the joke. Belichick did open with the joke. And he was like, I haven't seen this many cameras since Tim Tebow was here. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Good t- he laughed. Like, yeah, he had some like good timing with it. It was it was like one of the more like down to earth moments I've really seen out of Belichick. Is he going to be, is he going to take the Brady track and all of a sudden be very funny after I, leaving the Patriots? Like, it's actually was this just about being awful. in the Patriots building? Is you have to yeah. be like a complete like stoic a-hole to everybody? <laughs> I don't know why, but in my mind, I feel like Belichick has like has had four things on his desk for like 20 years and packing up his office will take like eight minutes. Like, I feel like there's just like nothing in there. There's like one mug in the cupboard. <laughs> Do you think he uses a computer? No. No. Like, dude, I, I literally Saban think he's going to put Nick, a stapler and scissors in a box and then walk out. Dude, Nick Saban <laughs> did not use email till 2019. Like that is like confirmed. <laughs> yeah, Belichick's bringing like, yeah, weird tech. He probably has like an actual calculator he likes to use. <laughs> With like the little roll of paper in it, you know, that like <laughs> scrolls out. Yes. <laughs> I love that when I was a kid. It's like an with, antique. It's yeah. like a toy. Uh, Justin Sales wrote an incredible story on Belichick for The Ringer that if you want to read, you can check out. Um, Did he write that yesterday? Because Jesus, what an amazing it's feat. really good. Or well, sorry, this morning. He, he wrote it so quickly. It was incredible. No, he, he wrote, he, you know, he, he got to He had it a little it. bit pre-written, I'm sure, yeah. The Belichick thing, I, just for pers- 24 years, I'm 28 years old. Like Flex. the Belichick era, Big time. get out of here. The Belichick era is more <laughs> or less the entire time that I have memories as a person. Like it's kind of like how many things in life last a quarter century? Not many. What year did he take the job in 2000? 2000. Yeah. So, I mean, it's Wild. insane, but just a couple, just to try to summarize Belichick. Literally like gold. Kai's entire life has been the Belichick Literally. era. <laughs> Kai knows no other Patriots. Yeah. I mean, I don't either, like, but yeah. I don't remember the Pete, Pete Carroll. Carroll was the, yeah, yeah. Wasn't Pete Carroll the coach before Belichick? I think two removed, but close. Carroll was a coach of the Patriots, but I don't think they were. It's like 97 or 98, maybe. Yeah. It's too long ago. No one knows. Lost to time. Ancient yeah. history. Belichick's boat is called Eight Rings, which I think is incredible. It's with the Roman numerals, too, because he has eight Super Bowls. Too. People also forget that he just coached Lawrence Taylor, who's casually like the greatest defensive player ever. Belichick Brady, the, pa- the Belichick Brady Patriots at one point 
won 17 out of 18 AFC East titles, which is uh, 94%, which is what better than Steph Curry Ridiculous. shoots in the free throw line. So that's pretty incredible. Belichick Way better coached, than LeBron shoots at the line. <laughs> a lot better. Belichick coached in more Super Bowls than, Lombard, uh, than my, Vince Lombardi coached for seasons. Belichick coached in more Final Fours than Bill Walsh coached in seasons. Belichick, and then Sales had this great one. Belichick had or earned more first round buys than 12 different NFL teams have total postseason wins, which I think is pretty incredible. I always liked Bill's anecd- or like idea that a buy should count Simmons. as a win towards your record. Yes. Bill Simmons, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's a hundred percent should be a thing because it yeah. functionally is the same thing. Yeah. So I look, Bill Belichick, he's a good coach. You guys know that. I think the question is he's 70, what, he's 71, right? And obviously he's old. Pete Carroll's the oldest coach in the NFL and like perhaps is out of touch as much as we love the culture stuff. Nick Saban just retired 71 or whatever age he is because he just basically can't keep this up anymore at the level he wanted to. That's what he said. And so Belichick seems like he, Bob Kraft said Belichick's going to keep coaching. Is there like any, like as much as the Patriots have not been great in the last five years, DK, is there any reason that like you shouldn't just hire this guy? Like, why would you take the chance that somebody else could do a better job than this guy who is basically the best coach either ever or since Paul Brown, like 80 years ago? Like just hire (laughs) Bill Belichick. And if it doesn't work, whatever. But like, how could you possibly find someone more qualified than this? Right. No, I, yes, I agree. I, I like there's like some disagreement. It feels like that he's a good coach, which because he's 71 and like, yeah, how are like, I mean, it's I like, get the, I get the argument, but yeah, yeah, go hire him. Uh, this is like a no brainer to me. I, th- I feel like I've been saying it a while. You know, I, I still think even past the coaching thing, like the coach, the edges that he brings in coaching, um, like strategically, um, you know, the the rules thing, like hi, Vince, we, we, I, Craig and I complain about this all the time. There's too many rules in football. No one knows the rule book better than Bill Belichick. Like he's the he best. Has, he, he's a he, lawyer, basically. He's made rules. more. He's exploited the rules and the loopholes in the rule book more than any other coach by like threefold. Like he, like no one else even thinks to do it essentially. And Bill Belichick is like in the lab reading his printout, physical copy of the NFL rule book. You know, um, and so I don't know. Like yes, obviously they haven't done well lately. Like this. Patriots team this season was an absolute disaster. I think there is question marks about how he hires his staff. And I think that might be something that scares teams away a little bit, or at least gives them pause because of the way that he's like kind of only done like cronyism and and things like that over the last few years. But yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I think his track record speaks for itself, you know, even with the Brady thing. If he wanted, Craig, if he wanted to bring in like Josh McDaniels and Bat Patricia as his two coordinators on offensive defense, would you be like, yeah, let's do this? See, that's where I start to be like. Honestly, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a problem, would it? Yeah, I, I think you'd have to kind of get him to hopefully progress a little bit and like open up open up uh, his worldview in terms of like who he can hire and whatnot. I also think that like, I think it makes sense for him to go to a team that's already halfway there and then he can use his skills and all, you know all that to like get you to make the leap like to me him going to like a Carolina makes no sense like he he could he should not go to a shitty team he should be going to a team like Atlanta or a, a team that's already at 500 that he Just can take to, to get the next over the level hump. what about the Chargers yeah. the Chargers is a great one like a, a, a talented team with a good quarterback that like he can get in and like change the culture behind it because the talent's there and it's hard for any coach no matter how good you are to step in and make a terrible team good. I mean that, that that's something that would take a really long time. And it's like he's almost it's like he needs to go when old people, you know, old people like move to Florida in their latter <laughs> years. Like he needs like the football version of that where it's like he needs to go somewhere where it's all, like it's it's kind of always sunny 
you know, the weather's warm. It's a little easier. <laughs> he lives in a one-story house now. He doesn't have to go up and down the stairs. Like he needs the team <laughs> version of that. Oh my God. Yeah, I think Justin Herbert would do a lot for that. Yes. Just a quarterback who does whatever you want. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's a little similar. I think the way that we talk about rookie quarterbacks coming into the league, it's like for a guy like Belichick, who is so old and um, probably not wanting to stick around for like 10 plus years or whatever, however long it takes to build a team, three, four years, um, you know, get him in where he can like this win, winning in the margins has been like a big motto of, of theirs for a long time. And I think like he's the type of guy who can win in the margins and really elevate an already middling to decently good team, but rebuilding from the ground up. Like, you know, it's like Pete Carroll said, win forever at this, at this age of your life. It's like, maybe it's like, win now. Yeah. <laughs> win for a little while. Uh, so someone also said that for Nick Saban, like Nick Saban should basically just do a TV show where it's like bar rescue, but he just goes to like Rutgers for a week. And just, <laughs> just like, kind of consults. It's just, yeah. It's like, it would just be an incredible, like Nick Saban, Belichick, just like pop in. Dude, like, how, it's like that's a, a great cop. TV show. They're on the road, just going yeah. to different front offices. And Eating at Zaxby's and checking in on the Falcons. Why, why do you have the, the dining room set up this way? You got to <laughs> fit so many more people in here if you like change up the seat. That's, that's get, such get a good idea. Tops. A road just, trip, a road trip series with the two of them. Coaches like, in yeah. cars getting coffee, dude. That's yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> saving Belichick in a dash cam. The tro- and they're trying to use cars. phones. They have an actual oh, map that they use to drive. <laughs> Can you imagine the conversations? So like, so completely different than the, the Jerry Seinfeld vibes. Um, hold on, real quick, Heifetz. Yesterday you were talking about like the death pact or whatever that Bill Belichick and Nick Saban made. Uh, you know what I was thinking of? You know how Thomas Jefferson and John Adams died on the same day? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> like These guys, like obviously, you know, founding fathers, everything they did in their life, like crazy amounts of like goats, d- diplomacy. Yeah. yeah, like obviously, so the country. <laughs> um, and then they, they stayed good friends throughout their life. They were like pen pals, all that shit. And then they uh-huh. died on the same day. Wow. Wild. Uh, anyways, that's that was my... That's it's like the end of the notebook. Yeah, <laughs> they're not dead, you know. Oh God, spoiler! I haven't seen that. Well, shit. All right, they die, they die together. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> that movie came out Usually twenty years ago. The playbook. <laughs> that movie came out when Bill when Bill Belichick first got <laughs> hired. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Let's get to Wild Card Weekend. 
dude, we, super we, wild we, card weekend. How literally, I'll never say it. It's just, you know what I hate about it the most to call it that is it's so corporate to be like, which we need want to rebrand it. We want to make it bigger. And they settle on the only other adjective they <laughs> ever already used, been used ever. They're like, I, I guess supers works pretty good for us with the whole bowl thing. Why don't we just try that again? It's like SpongeBob. It's like super weenie hut Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> there's so many other words. They I just, like how Craig said hyphens. It's like, <laughs> like obviously I'm not going to get it. <laughs> no. Anyway, we rank the games. And we're just, the ranks we want to want in the order we're like we care about them. So DK, start. We have the Rams, Lions. Wow, you really the, sold it there. Uh, I was Jesus. in the middle of it. It is the best game of it's a game wild of the year. card weekend. This is, is a super matchup. Yeah, it is. This one's good. Rams, Lions. So Matt Stafford's like the best quarterback in Lions history. And then you have the trade. I mean, I, I, I is he also many, the best quarterback in Rams history? Norm Van Brocklin is the uh, you know the fifties legend. You well, know, Kurt Warner. I was going to say like, Kurt Warner probably. Peak versus, he hasn't been there long enough, but even Kurt Warner wasn't there for that long, frankly. It's funny that we're even having this discussion because there's so many Matt Stafford haters out there. They're probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? I feel like that's not in real life, frankly. Uh, I've talked to people. Who hates Matthew Stafford? You know who you are. DK's out there. Wait, this is interesting. Who hates Matthew Stafford? I mean, name names. No, not going to do it. (laughs) He's like Jeremy Johnson. You don't know. He he goes to a different school. So. I love that anyway. he just started naming people. He's like my friend, like Ed Dude, the Stephen A. Smith with Jason Whitlock. He's like, I'm going to name names. We should start a pod. Did you watch that? I don't. I, to be honest, I don't care about Jason. That's Whitlock. fine. But he started. <laughs> it, it's just the energy. He started the the Craig, video Craig's with exasperated. He started the video with an apology to like, I would like to apologize to my family for what I'm about to do. Before this episode began, I called my pastor and I apologized to him and the Lord for what was what is about to transpire. And I was like, we should open a show like that once. And then he was well, like, Jason Whitlock, do. you're a fat bitch. And you're yeah, like, okay. That's like, like unbelievable. Anyway. <laughs> what? This is ESPN now, I guess. Yeah, okay. I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> when he, he tweeted out, I'm about to talk about this fat bastard. My friends texted me. They were like, oh my God, he's talking about Zion. And like, they were 100% serious. That's oh, that's that's a lot. People were like, who is he going to be? Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Rams, Lions. Um, the, so, I mean, honestly, how many games in NFL playoff games in NFL history have the two quarterbacks been traded for one another? I feel like it's one of the best win-win trades ever. Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. immediately won the Super Bowl with the Rams. Jared Goff is now on like the best Lions team of the last thirty years. So, obviously, you know, both sides are pretty happy with the deal. But, Craig, what did you say on Sunday? At the what's like? It's like it's like a, it's like a stepdad versus your real dad. Yes. <laughs> so, you know. Your, your mom got your mom left your husband, whatever, and Matt Stafford comes in. He's like cooler, has more money, gets you better Christmas gifts. They you get a nicer house, but then like golf is Takes like you to get courtside tickets to stuff. Yeah, but yeah. like you're never gonna forget your real dad. Like he was the one who like you know, God. and that's golf. <laughs> your Come. real dad. Stafford's not the stepfather. He's the father who stepped up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, this is the greatest analogy of all time. I got to um, say, the vibes are so good for Detroit. They're also good for the Rams, I would say. But I, I'm much more nervous for Detroit if they lose this game because I think the Rams won a Super Bowl, what, two, two three years ago? And they're, they're still in kind of gravy range where it's like, look, we just won. And we didn't even think we were going to make the playoffs. A no, lot of people like rebuilding. Yeah, I this mean, is cousin like Sal bet money. them to have the worst record in the league this year. I, I thought they would be uh, out of the playoffs as well. Heifetz, when we were talking about them before the season, they're, they're starting. They had like... 30 undrafted free agents on their roster to start the Half. year. So it's like, Half. it's truly a great, great accomplishment from McVay and his staff 
to have sort of transformed this team and turned them into a playoff contender. I think, honestly, truly, going back to the Pete Carroll thing, the, the fact that the Rams are so competitive and so, like, like you know, not bad on defense was, like, a reason Carroll got fired because the Seahawks have made all these, you know, investments and draft picks and trades and big money contracts on all these defensive players, and they can't, they, they have the worst defense in the NFL or one of them. And it's like not the X's and O's, DK. It's Jim's and Joe's. <laughs> the Rams' success is our is the Seahawks' failure. Yeah. McVay should probably be in the running for Coach of the Year if you really get down to it. I mean, Cooper Cup yeah. was basically hobbled half this year, and the offense has been really good with Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, Tutu Atwell, and and Matt Stafford, who had no what neck surgery in the offseason. People were talking about him retiring this offseason. Yeah. yeah, like out McVay of necessity. Was talking about all right. So you know how my thing with the MVP is the reason MVP debates are annoying is there aren't enough awards. So we're trying to include all these non MVP factors in the award. Inevitably, Coach of the Year is similar, where it's like Coach of the Year. It's going to go to Kevin Stefanski. It's hard to argue against, but it's like it's just the team that you improved. It, yeah, at least expected it <laughs> this year. I guess without Watson, but it's usually like the team that you're most. We surprised need like comeback by. Coach of the Year or something. Yeah, it's just, I don't know what to do it. but the, Most consistent coach. I mean, the fact that Bill Belichick didn't really win coach of the year is kind of like proof yeah. that I guess the coach of the year is Lobotu Trophy. They should but, literally just give an award to like whoever had the lowest win, whoever exceeded their win total the most just gets an award. Or money, yeah. It feels like we're going in that direction, Craig. For this game, I think those are called incentives. For this game, Rams-Lions, I, I think that Bill Barnwell had a great comedy span and, and something he pointed out that was like kind of on the nose about the key to this game, I think, is Stafford uh, versus the Blitz. If you don't blitz Matt Stafford this season in uh, total quarterback rating, Stafford's the number one quarterback in the NFL, highest quarterback rating in the league against the Blitz. So he's basically like better than Mahomes, right? Better than so better than Lamar. When they do blitz so, or when sorry, they don't? I, when they don't blitz, so, number one. Okay, yeah. He's Mahomes, basically. When they do blitz Stafford, he's 27th. He's like Kenny Pickett. 27th in the so league. So it seems like a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. So it's like <laughs> yeah. the pretty huge disparity. So I think that right. basically the lot, like whether Stafford can get the ball up quickly, like basically if two, if like three seconds, if three, you get to three Mississippi consistently, the Rams might lose. And if the Stafford's getting it out before three Mississippi, the Rams probably have the edge because um, Barnwell made a great point that basically the Lions defense is much worse if you attack them quickly, but the later into the down it gets, the more it, it falls into um, the defense's hands. So I, I think that's a pretty good framework to how to look at this game. I, I just feel like the Lions have so much goodwill and I think the fans are like are so desperate for this team to go somewhere. And, and this is like a really tough draw for them, to be honest. Sam Laporta, their tight end being hurt. He didn't practice today, Thursday it was reported. And he's got like a hyperextended knee. If he doesn't play, I mean, he's kind of their X factor offensively. I mean... If, if he's not out there, it's pretty much just a Monroe St. Brown in the passing game. And then mm -hmm. I would expect them to just try to run the shit out of the ball on yeah. LA. But Rams are getting three points right now and are a bit healthier. And this game is going to be in a dome. And I don't know. You know, I, I think this game is going to be genuinely very close. I think this will be the best game of the week. Is the, uh, the, other, the other thing I want to just uh, watch ahead of time. I'm very curious how the Lions do emotionally because this... Dan Campbell's an emotional leader and it's all downstream and they're an emotional team and they're a young team. And I think that as you get into the playoffs, your emotions can power you. But the reality is emotions can cut both ways when you're playing like that. And I, the, one of the coolest interviews I've ever done was I, I got to interview Tim Grover, who was Michael Jordan's trainer for like a decade. And then the only recommendation Michael Jordan ever made in his career was he gave essentially when he retired Tim Grover to Kobe Bryant. And so this guy, coached over like 15 years, like Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant. 
And one of the most interesting things he's, he told me that stuck with me is he hates when teams come out of the tunnel, rah, rah, like, uh, and he just, it's also oh, so, interesting. so flippantly, he was like, adrenaline, he's like, adrenaline lasts 20 minutes. And he just said it so catchy, but it reminded me of how Tom Brady would be super calm during coming out in the Super Bowl and super calm at halftime because it's so long. And I, I really am interested. I feel like Dan Campbell's going to have the line so hyped up, voice crack, that I, I'm curious how such an emotional game, if they can carry it um, throughout. Because frankly, Sean McVay, as much as he's a good play caller, isn't always the best in-game manager of timeouts and things. And that, if anything, should be an edge for Detroit. But we just saw them go for an extra point, even though when it got the five-yard penalty, they're like, screw it, we're going for two points anyway. And I think keeping their head and thinking <laughs> strategically, because McVay's so focused on the offense, should be an edge for Detroit. And if they don't take advantage of that, I think it's a huge problem. Before we move on, if you guys had to bet, let's bet the spread here. The, the, the Rams are getting three points. The Lions are laying three. Where would you go? Hmm. Everything I just said, I, I kind of think the Rams have been there before. And I think you can't overrate that with Stafford um, and, and McVay is that they, they, they just have been in so many of these moments, so many more. I agree. I think I would take Rams with the points. Mm, man, this one's so close. I, I actually like really like the Rams. I think that they are. I don't know the way that they kind of like lean on their superstar players and they have like some guys that have been there and done this so many times. Um, I think we'll give them edge, but at the end of the day, I'm going lions. All right. So the, the next game we have here, we have Packers Cowboys. This is an incredible game. Uh, there's also such a crazy history for the Cowboys and Packers in this rivalry. We actually recorded this on Thursday, January 11th. I believe today is nine years to the date of this tweet that of the Des caught it. Oh yeah. Controversy. Uh, and so is like, that the last know, time they played in the playoffs? So they played, the Cowboys were eliminated by the Packers in the division round of the 2014 season. You know, like this is 2024, but it's the 2023 season. So I'll say the name of the season just because it's simpler. Yeah, the 2014 yeah, season, the Packers beat the division round, the Cowboys 26 to 21, and the Packers had six points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and yeah. so they also eliminated the Cowboys in uh, the 2016 season, also in the divisional round, that time by uh, a field goal. And the Cowboys, actually, I think they came back in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't enough. And it's like, and Mike McCarthy, frankly, I, I, in part got the coach job for the Cowboys because he beat the Cowboys in the playoffs as the Packers had coached twice. Yeah. And yeah. The, I, I, I think that was a large reason he was able to get the job. But there's so much history here, but I, 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 I don't want to overplay the Mike McCarthy rivalry versus Green Bay like it, that was five years ago at this point. But I, I do think it's just incredible that really, I think there's so much pressure on, frankly, on, on Dallas to win this game. There's such a pressure disparity yes. here because the Lions are a young team, but they have expectations. The Packers are the youngest team to make the playoffs in 50 years. Like the <laughs> 74 Bills were the last team yeah. this young. The Packers are 25 years young on, on, uh, on average on offense. And then, so it's like, this is all gravy. This is supposed to be a transition year. Then you got the Cowboys where it's like, they haven't made a championship game, the final four since, almost since Craig and I were like in preschool. It, it's just such a massive disparity in expectations that I, I, I don't know. I wonder about it. Especially with this year, with how good Dallas has been, Dak being an MVP guy. Like it feels, this game feels very March Madnessy to me where it's like the <laughs> juggernaut historic team going up against like the plucky 12 seed. It's like if Duke was in the elite eight against like Loyola Chicago or something. And it's like, <laughs> Duke has everything to lose in this game and Loyola Chicago has nothing. And even 100%. though the spread is what the spread is, there's that, there's that like moment. There's that inflection point in the game where it's like, if this game gets within six points, I'm talking in basketball terms or something where it, it's just like a second half. If Lehigh could just hang on, like 
<laughs> things start to tense up, you know, yeah, when, yeah. when it's too yes. close for pucker too long. Factor. The pucker totally. factor of the favorite, the heavy favorite, it always starts to get a little dicey. You want to get up early because if you don't get up and get a lead early, things start to change. The vibe in the building starts to change. And I think there's a chance of that in this game. I think that's a great point because the Cowboys, you know, they get the two seed, they win the division. But like all those fans, the Cowboys fans do think it's different this year. But we're coming off two seasons where they both just lost to the Niners two years in a row with essentially Mike McCarthy brain farting, Dak brain farting, like being unprepared. And you're right that if the Packers take a lead, the mood of the crowd is, I don't know how much resiliency is, no offense to Cowboys fans, but I think they know what I'm talking about. Where it's like, I think beneath the surface, there is a lot of, Oh, same old Cowboys. If they were down 10 at halftime, I, that's, it's, I think the Cowboys will win because their pass rush is really good. And I think the defense will overwhelm. But Jordan Love's played really well. Packers defense is kind of an issue in this game, mm -hmm. right? That's why I think they'll lose. I, Joe Bear, we don't talk about him enough, but it's kind of like how Dan Snyder sold the commanders. And now it's like, is it David Tepper or for the Panthers and Michael Bidwell as Cardinals, the worst owner in the league? Like now that Matt Canada has been fired for the Steelers, Joe Barry is the defense coordinator of the Packers. Joe Barry is the Matt Canada of defense. Like this is the guy who put a defensive end one-on-one -on -one with Justin Jefferson the last year. Yeah, I see so many Packers fans just complaining <laughs> about him all the time. It's hilarious. And it's we like the Seth Meyers joke. He's like, if if the opposing, <laughs> if like the average fan knows the name of your coordinator for <laughs> for the for a for because he's bad, like yeah. that's that's how you know we're at like it's a like, next a new level catastrophe. Yeah. So I think that I think that's why Green Bay will lose. I actually think Jordan Love. Look, he can implode for Dallas. They're good, but I kind of think Jordan Love will hold his his own. But the Packers defense. It's going to be shredded in the middle of the field. I think the middle of the Packers defense has no chance for CeeDee Lamb. So I also do CeeDee Lamb overs and everything. Real quick, I wanted to give Matt LaFleur his fleurs, if you will, his flowers. LaFleur. Uh, um, I think last year, sometime in the offseason, I, I said this on our pod. I was basically like, look, it's hard to. it was hard to separate Matt LaFleur from Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years. Obviously, they've won a ton of games in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, um, won a couple of MVPs. Aaron Rodgers did. And I think there was like this big question mark and restraint from people of like naming Matt LaFleur like this great wonderkind coach, you know? Um, and I said at the time, I'm like, if he turns Jordan Love into like a top tier quarterback, like we got to tell, we got to say he's like one of the best coaches in the NFL period. Like he needs to be, he needs to be talked about in the same breath as Sean McVay and not necessarily Kyle Shanahan because Shanahan's done it longer, but like he needs to be talked about in that top tier of like wonderkind offensive play callers, like the guru guys, the geniuses. Yo, on that note, DK, all win percentage. This is just regular season, all time win percentage, NFL history. Matt Fleur is sixty eight percent. That's eleventh. He's behind Don Shula, who has the all time win record. <laughs> I know, and he's ahead of Paul Brown, who's the only guy who might be better. Who Bill Belichick would say is the best coach ever is Paul right. Brown. He's sandwiched between two of the best four coaches in NFL history. He, he has the highest winning percentage of any active coach. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is technically higher, and he might be coming back, so that could be over in a minute here but but yeah i mean like it's pretty incredible what he's done and i feel like it's it's really strange how we don't really talk about him in in that same manner yet because i think there was just always this yeah the that it was like rogers was the one driving that also, ship and when you say any active coach that includes bill belichick matt lafleur's career winning percentage in the regular season is higher than bill belichick he's 56 and 27 as a head coach <laughs> that's so hard to do um, so, I, so yeah, yeah I mean, I, I just wanted to give him his, some some recognition here. Obviously, what he's done with such a young team is really exciting. If their defense was better, I think I'd be more excited about this team. In, on offense, they kind of remind me a little bit of like the 2012 Seahawks, who were like this really plucky team that got really hot in the late part of the season, like blew a bunch of teams out and then like made some noise in the playoffs, like probably should have gone to the NFC Championship game, but they they lost to the Falcons, who eventually went to the Super Bowl. 
Um, they kind of have that vibe of like this young up and coming team in the NFC that's like ready to make some noise, but might just be like a year away kind of deal. Um, but their defense just, they got to get it fixed. So next game here, we have number three, the Chiefs Dolphins. Chiefs, uh, well, the Miami Dolphins are at Kansas City. Two things for this game. One, the Dolphins are just banged up, right? Like they're mm-hmm. missing half their defense, basically. They're top three edge rushers. Jerome Baker's, the, you know, one of their top two linebackers. They're down Zavian Howard, a top two quarterback. Like half your defense, not your thing. Never mind Raheem Oster, Jalen Waddle. However, worse, the projected temperature. So this game is um, so it's Saturday night. It's at 830 Eastern, I believe, on Saturday. It is projected, last I saw, to be negative six degrees in Kansas City. <laughs> and when I say that. What the hell? I do not mean with wind chill. I will double check this right now, but that's not negative six. Like zero feels like negative six. It is negative six degrees is the temperature. Then there's also a wind chill. Like to be that. They're playing playing Miami. Last year in 2022. (laughs) Miami has to go to town. In a year span, the Dolphins have played a game that was 130 degrees warmer (laughs) than this. That is so insane. (laughs) What the hell? Oh my gosh. Um I don't I don't like honestly this is this goes back to what I said a couple shows ago about how like the Dolphins are the F thirty five, like like this high fly supersonic, you know, stealth fighter that can fucking beat anybody, but they just can't fly in the rain. Like <laughs> can they can they operate? Can they do what they want to do in this temperature? Is the big I, I don't think anything can operate at negative six degrees. Like what you're not supposed to drive I, at negative six degrees. I do think basically. that they can run the ball though. Like I think I, I've still given them a shot in this game because I, I think they'll be able to run it. I don't think the Chiefs are particularly strong in, in the run game. And so that could be the way that they win this. But like, it does worry me just the fact that their literal team is from Miami, but also like Tua is talking about not wearing gloves in this game. Like, I don't know. It it, it feels a little bit ominous. For, oh, for I Miami. was wrong. I was wrong. I'm sorry. It's not negative six. It's worse. It's negative eight. Oh, <laughs> dude, that's it. it's all numb by then. You know, you, there's no difference. Negative six, negative eight. Dude, the Giants Packers game, the ice bowl where Coughlin was like red as a. Yeah, you know, yeah. He looked, yeah, where he was just so red. And the Giants offensive line came out without sleeves. And that was sick, but also probably a terrible. What was idea. the temperature in that game? I fits. Do you know? Windchill negative 23. I don't know what the real one. was. What's the coldest you guys have ever been in? I went to the Steelers Raiders game last year that was negative two with the windchill negative uh, seven, negative 11. But even mm-hmm. even then, that was like zero. With it felt like negative seven, negative eight. Actual negative eight is insane. Yeah, I, I've never been in sub zero temperatures. I've probably been in like feels like wind chill around zero, but that's probably the most the worst. Um, you know, I, I think <laughs> so. Like it, it's it's very hard watching the game on TV if you haven't really experienced that level of cold. I feel like I I, I grew up in Omaha, or sorry, I was born in Omaha. I lived there for for four years, so I went back there a couple of times. And I've experienced like the Midwest cold, like there was like negative 20 at the time. I don't really remember exactly what it felt like. There's been a few years, Heifetz, where you and I have gone to the Combine in Indianapolis. And there was one in particular one year, a couple of years ago, where they had this massive winter storm rolled in. And it was like, I don't even know what it was. It was below zero. And you go outside, it hurts. I don't think you realize like it hurts your skin. (laughs) Like It's like a weird, why does this hurt me so much? It's hurting me. There's a guy a on TikTok. Analogy. Have you seen the guy on TikTok? <laughs> and and he like he's living in Antarctica, or he studies down there, mm-hmm. he works down there, and he will walk outside for like 15 minutes at a time and film himself. It's it's like negative 75 degrees. That's Ugh. fucked up. And he'll His like skin gets all fucked up. I'm sure. 
I mean, he's literally like, I can go out there for about 15 seconds before I have to like run back in, but he'll just like run out and he'll like bring a beach towel. And the second he like opens it, it becomes just stiff as a board. Dude, I love those videos that people in like Minnesota do of when it gets really cold, where they take a bucket of water and walk outside yeah, and like it. throw it and it becomes ice in the middle. The Antarctica though, that's good content. But I don't know. Like My, my point is like, when, when you look at these guys, like I don't think people realize like it, how much it just literally, it's not like, oh, this is really cold. This is so cold. It like no, you're right. Hurts. It, it's hurts and also <laughs> your body stops working. And like yeah. it's, it actually, it, it's worse for the players who don't play. Like at least if you're moving, like you moving your body, but like your fingers, like it really is harder. Like you hard to move your fingers when you're yeah, outside. Your fingers that long stop cold. working. The so the blood leaves kind of, your extremities. Yeah. So on that note, I, I think it's I'm very interested in how Mike McDaniel does. I think Mike McDaniel's in this bubble of he's just beloved right now, and it's you know it's like everything else in life. You know, you get famous and then people kind of tear you down, and like anyone who gets popular eventually people kind of start to criticize you. And Mike McDaniel is not there yet. I still think Tua would get criticized before him. But I think if, if Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins were to win this game, I feel like it would be such an incredible feather in his cap. But I think you're right, DK. Like the Dolphins, Mike, if, if Mike McDaniel gets credit for stuff, it's he's marrying all these insane passing concepts with like, he really believes in running the ball mm-hmm. and being physical. And like, this is the game where I do, they're going to have to win with, because yeah. we don't even know what the wind is going to be like. Mostert, right? I it's, think, is still kind of questionable for this game. But, it, you know, obviously, I think it's going to have to be a big Mostert and A-chan game for them to win. Tough game for Tua. Let's be real here. Yeah, it's a tough circumstances. Tua, so, uh, I mean, Tua is from Hawaii, went to college in Alabama and played football in, in Florida. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure he's you played know. in the cold before. But, yeah, this is something totally different. It is weird that this game, like you're like, wow, it's going to be like negative six degrees. Like this is a this is best case scenario for like the Chiefs' offense and Patrick Mahomes, but that weirdly is the case because I think the Dolphins are going to really struggle with this weather, and then the Chiefs are just like better to me at the at the defensive and offensive line, especially with all the injuries Miami has. Right, right. Speaking of weird weather, fourth here, sure. We have Steelers Bills, which (laughs) (laughs) weatherman Craig. (laughs) So. The weather in this game, so this game's in Buffalo, and there's a there's a winter storm watch that's been issued for Sunday. Wind gusts as high as 65 miles per hour. 65? Is that like, a, is that like yeah. technically like a hurricane? I think that's <laughs> hurricane level. How do you yeah. get to a I, technical hurricane? Well, uh, and there's, there's going to be, look this up. There's going to be heavy lake effect snow, which I had to look that up. It's essentially like cold weather, cold air comes down from Canada over the Great Lakes and turns into snow. I so, don't like, I don't category like when I hear one wins. Lake effect. Yeah, lake effect's terrible. Lake hurricane, effect is scary. That's a scary term. Hurricane winds category one, which is the lowest, begins at 74. So we're talking just sub, sub-hurricane sub <laughs> level winds. So the, the, the total for this game was started at 43. It's now 35 and a half. And, uh, wow. and the, That's and the, like the biggest drop I've ever heard for total. That didn't, and the Bills are 10-point favorites. And the total is only 35 and a half. So if that holds, the Steelers will have the lowest implied team total of any playoff team since the NFL expanded to, ter- to 32 teams in 2002. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, that seems pretty pretty right though, right? Yes. I mean, it's going to be a, a, up, to, up to seven inches of snow. Uh, I was Dude, reading weather reports. Points. It's, I 100% agree though. It's, it, they, it, the reports are that travel could be very difficult to impossible over the weekend. But this is like kind of weirdly best case scenario for the Steelers because it's like right, J- right. Josh an Allen. Act of God. If this game were in a dome, they would lose thirty-eight to thirteen. But 
now that you can like slog it down, the Steelers have actually been able to run the ball with Najee and Warren like over the last half of the season. So to me, best this is like the game's 10 to six in the fourth quarter and like the Steelers have a shot and Josh Allen has a couple dumb turnovers and like they're in this game. So out of all of like the major upsets that could happen this week, I think Steelers plus 10 is actually is a decent bet. I love this, this. It's just like the this. This is like the microcosm of the Steelers fucking season. <laughs> yes, what the fuck is. is going on? The Steelers are just like living the blessed life. Well, I guess this is the I, team of destiny. They're the cockroach of the NFL. The Steelers are. <laughs> yeah, that's, we were joking. How much? Yeah. How much during the season we were joking with Bill about like the Steelers are the 2007 Giants and that Kenny Pickett was like Eli Manning, where it's like Eli Manning has. Like Kenny Pickett has nine good drives in his career, and there eight of them are to win a game. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like this, like they're just incomprehensibly bad for fifty five minutes, and then just effortless. And I feel like the Steelers, like, dude, starting with this weird win against the Bills and just getting stealing like a snow game, stealing. and then the Steelers moving on, <laughs> they play the Ravens, huh? But then they, the Steelers Ravens next week, if they could do it, I, I, I ten look obviously the Bills could blow out the Steelers, but I'm like, damn, ten point spread in this kind of weather is, I don't know, man, anything can happen. I mean, they're essentially saying the game is going to be what? 22 to 12. I mean, that is what the implied score is. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. 17 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so Craig, who are you picking? You picking the Steelers? I, I will take the take Steelers with, with the points. Points. Yeah. Okay. 10 points. I can't believe it's points. held at 10. That is wild. I remember the win game with the Bills is a different era, but like that win, the, that win game at the Patriots where they, oh Bill, my God, where they didn't and Mac throw Jones. any passes. They, they threw, threw like twice. three passes yeah. or two, whatever. And then they freaking won the game. By the way, do you guys think Mac Jones kind of killed Bill Belichick and Nick Saban? <laughs> yeah, probably. Mac, no, Mac was good for Saban, I thought. No, I'm just Mac. saying like, it's like <laughs> this guy, he's too much for them. They're like, all right, man, I, I got to retire after this. What's the common denominator? Yeah. It's like, I can't deal with these fucking Zoomers anymore. <laughs> it's like when you're old and then like you, you accidentally have a kid when you're like 45 and you're the like the De Niro yeah. D- Pacino disgusting so, yeah, brothers the, the, yeah <laughs> ain't no way De Niro's taking care of those kids that man has <laughs> yeah, a lot of help up I would in the middle imagine. of the night you think yeah, yeah. barely took care of himself he's gotta All have right. one of those rockers that tips you out you know <laughs> Oh yeah, you know takes them up the stairs. Like, like, yeah. No, I'm talking about the rocking chairs that tip up, so you basically oh. spill out of them. <laughs> you're like yeah. a, you essentially end up standing up. It lifts it lifts you up until it's you're like just a standing. Dump truck. <laughs> Those are the best. Can't wait for that era of my life. I'd like a bed version of that where the bed is like <laughs> vertical up against my back and I'm standing and I just slowly fall backwards. You know, Craig, you know, the, you know, the little boat or the boats or barges it, that have a whole bunch of logs on it and they are like built so they can rotate and all the logs fall out in the water. <laughs> I want a bed like that. That just dumps me out. <laughs> it's just so much easier than getting up, you know? <laughs> All right. Speaking of 55 year old men, Joe Flacco is leading the Cleveland Browns. God, the segues to of the, this guy are amazing. To the against the Houston Texans. Craig, you mentioned March Madness. This is like the Texans are like, I feel like the 16 seed who beat the one. And like, not that the Colts were the one seed, but the Texans have this insane emotion of like that, you know, they they've been going, like they made the playoffs, they were the worst team or one of the two worst teams in the league next yeah, year. This is an all time gravy team right now. Yeah, and they're like all emotional about winning the division and now they're playing the Browns. And it kind of feels a letdown spot. Uh, so obviously CJ, Str- I, whoever wins this game is probably the feel good story of the weekend because it's either CJ Stroud, D'Amico Ryan's advancing and that's awesome. Or Joe Flacco and the Browns. So like either one, it's um, I think heartwarming. Yeah. Question going into this game. What do you think is the more likely scenario that, that the Texans win and you say to yourself, 
Why the hell did I bet Joe Flacco to win a playoff game over <laughs> C.J. Stroud, who is one of right. the brightest quarterbacks in the NFL right now, the brightest young quarterbacks? Or is it more likely that C.J. Stroud plays like crap against the Browns defense and you go, why would I bet a rookie quarterback against the best defense in the league? What do you think is the more likely scenario? I will say the, Denzel Ward, the Browns, one of the Browns' best defenders and his uh, cornerback for Cleveland, just got hurt today on Thursday and it's a new injury. And I'm like, I don't know if he's going to play. I think that makes a huge difference for like, he, you would have to recover in 48 hours. You're right that Stroud, or sorry, Flacco has had so many throws that he's kind of gotten away with. We're going to feel like morons if Joe Flacco throws three picks and CJ Stroud is great. And we're like, why the fuck did we pick Joe Flacco to beat CJ Stroud to playoff game? You guys got mad at me when I suggested that Flacco is the, uh, what was the category again? The guy who's just way overplaying his role or whatever. uh, Dion Waiters, overacting? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. overacting. Oh, DK, wait, on that note, uh, I was talking to Justin Sills earlier who wrote that great Patriots Mm -hmm. piece. Do you feel represented to have such an old person succeeding in the NFL. You're rooting for Joe Flacco. <laughs> We're Being, like the same age, I think, essentially. How old is he? 39? 38, I think. 39. Oh, I'm so old. He's got a little him. gray in his beard, though. DK, you don't. Well, he has five kids, and I have one. So. <laughs> Does he have five kids? That wow. explains that explains a lot. Um, but he has a great head of hair. I don't, so he's got me beat there. Um, but I'm wondering yes. if it, it heartwarms you to, hey, look at this father who's falling asleep on the sideline and he's doing it. If he oh, can do it, I can do it. I, I will say this, and I'm being 100% genuine. There's a lot of, there's a lot to relate to, I guess. It's like the most relatable thing I've ever seen with Flacco is because I, it, early in his career, I, I was not a Joe Flacco fan. I always thought he was like sort of morose, like expressionless, like always he was a downer. Like grumpy. Yeah, like he was just like, you never looked like he, he never looked like he was having fun even remotely. And I think it was because partly the weight of his contract expectations just yes. weighed him down for almost his entire career. He was never going to live up to that contract. Um, I mean, obviously he has a Super Bowl, so like it's all gravy after that in, in a lot of ways. But like I always felt like he was just like a downer. And then he comes back and he's just like reinvented himself. He's having fun. He's out there smiling. He's talking to the media about how like this is the most fun he's ever had. Like it's very relatable. It's like he's accepted who he is. He's he's so comfortable with who he is um, that Ego he's going out there and just playing <laughs> like he's just like playing for fun. You know what I mean? It's like he's playing a kid's game. It's actually very relatable. I love it. He's He somehow made me a fan, even though like for the longest time, I was always just like, God, this guy again. So so who do you who do you guys like in this game? Let's and let's let's factor in the spread. Uh, the Texans are getting two points. The Browns are favored by two. I take it. I'm taking the Browns in this. I just think their I'm, defense is going to do the job. I'm taking Houston. You know, I, I've been on Browns all week, and, and Craig really convinced me there with the we're taking Flacco over Stroud thing. And I, I'm going to really regret this because the Browns are a better team. But I keep thinking about how much better the Texans are at <laughs> the, home. The logic thing of um, yeah, this game's like, in Houston. What's going to make yeah. you feel dumber? Like betting against Stroud or betting on Flacco? It's like classic <laughs> Bill playoff <laughs> right? manifesto. Like yeah, I'm going to yeah, wake yeah. up Monday morning and be like, so I, I really I, I put money on Joe Flacco to beat one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. Like that's what the we're guy doing. who I, we're like, oh, he's like Burrow, but can with a better arm. We literally were just like, would you rather have Stroud and Burrow? And it's a real conversation, and we're going to take fucking Joe Flacco, who's played four games in the last two years, and he's forty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, you convince me. It's Houston. I'm betting well, on the uh, defense to be clear, but yes, yeah. I yeah. Like that. I'm yeah. sure the Browns will win now. The last game, we ranked it last because not only is it the worst game, but we're also going to be recording again before this game takes place. Eagles-Bucks is Monday night. We can be quick with this, but uh, right now, the Eagles are three-point favorites. This game's in Tampa. The Eagles, so the Eagles started 10-1. and 
and have lost five of their last six. You guys know, and you know, the Super Bowl hangover was delayed. You know when you guys like wake up after a long night out and you don't feel hungover because you're kind of still drunk? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Eagles season. It was until about week 11. Then the hangover started setting, like around 5 p.m. in the day. And you're like, ugh. The so I probably should have been driving in. this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I drove home. Right. I don't know what a breathalyzer would have said there, but that is kind of the Eagles right now. And the vibes are all time bad. We just recorded a really funny rewatchables. Um with Chris and he's, we were talking about the Eagles and Eagles fans could not be in a worse place right now. We were with three <laughs> Eagles in the office last night. Like they right. genuinely are like, Hey man, I don't even know why you're talking about the possibility of us beating the Bucks because we're not going to beat the Bucks. Like we were going to lose to the Bucks, And I actually don't think they will. The team is super injured. Jalen Hurts has a weird dislocated finger, but I guess he's, he's not fine. even throwing. No, he's not even throwing a pass. He hasn't week. thrown yet since Sunday. <laughs> AJ Brown has a knee injury. He might not play. Devontae Smith has an ankle injury. He's probably going to play. The defense has been terrible. But man, Baker Mayfield, who also might not be healthy, just put up nine points against the Carolina Panthers. Mm. I still am, am, am betting that the Eagles are going to win this game. Where are you guys at? <laughs> um, I picked the I picked the Bucks, actually. I just feel like the vibes are just so incredibly bad. Hey, wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait. Is Dom going to be back on the sidelines? Big they got to get him there. What's going on with Big Dom? Hyphens, do you know? I think Big Dom was banned for the regular season. Nice. I, I oh, my God. I think Big Dom will be back on the sidelines. Okay, Dude, maybe that's I'm a changing good call. my mind here. Maybe wow. I'm changing my mind. That's Craig, everything really you're call. saying, though, like, d definitely resonates. It's like this team, it's like everything that could go wrong, has that could possibly go wrong, has gone wrong with this team so far over the last, like, six, seven weeks. Um, but at the end of the I mean, day, like, they've gone to, the, they've been in the playoffs. Like, they're a battle-tested team. They're going to figure out a way to win this game. I just think they, they can run the ball. The buck kind of can't. The, the weather, again, it might rain in this game. You want to add in weather. There's a 70% chance of rain. It's going to be like 80 degrees and humid, apparently, in Tampa. Might be thunderstorms in the second half. There's Why, why, is, there, why is weather such a freaking variable? Do you guys think all playoff games should be in domes? No, I like <laughs> weather games. I agree. So this is why for the longest time they had the Super Bowl in a dome because they didn't want the Super Bowl to be decided by a fucking freak storm. Why, does it, matter? Why well, does it not matter with all the other games? Yeah, I don't think that had anything to do with what no, they did. No, that 100% had something to do with it. I'm really fence sitting here. I'm on both sides. I think. But like, they so. mostly put it sure. in cool cities to have the Super Bowl. But like, <laughs> Maybe they the, just wanted to be in New Orleans. <laughs> the I was going to say, like, I think it was because <laughs> New Orleans and Florida are cool places. Yeah. to. Uh, but I think I understand the idea that like the best product is probably not in the rain or the snow or whatever. But and I, I also think the Giants building a not dome stadium is insane, and they're going to be like the last team for a while. To, like like building a team, a stadium in New York that is yeah, not a dome is insane. That was weird. However, weird choice. What I love about football, after like one of the core appeals to me of football, I think a cool badass thing is it's just it's rain or shine. Baseball raining. Oh my God! Stop! Throw a tarp over the field. This football is, yeah, they is lightning. They yeah. sprint out with this is, tarp. Is football's like, <laughs> like is someone going to die from lightning? No, <laughs> we're playing. Sh be there. It's like a backyard parking lot. Nine o'clock. Be there. It's just don't care what's <laughs> happening. We're playing the game. And I, I think that's like so essential to the DNA of the sport, which ultimately football's just cosplay for war, isn't it? It's a bunch of dudes in peacetime being like, let's like, oh, it's messes. You know what I mean? It's just all pretend anyway. Valley Forge. Valley Forge. That's going to say Valley Forge. If you have to play through the inclement weather of the regular season, then you definitely should in the playoffs, in my opinion. It's either got to be like all dome or no dome. But <laughs> That sounds sexual. I was thinking it too. Otherwise, it would be a bust. 
of a season. <laughs> so dome, you're saying that domes would be a bust. Dome, dome would yeah. be a bust. Dome would okay. be a bust. Got it. You're okay right. to bust in the dome. I. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, apparently, okay. you know one thing I learned. Apparently, on Canadians note. call condoms domes. Did you know? Is that this? right? Yeah, that's. Cool. I don't know that's... for sure if that's still a common usage, but like in the mid aughts, I learned those in my traveling days. Learned that term. Speaking of which, speaking of learning things, we have some emails. Never felt older. Yeah, <laughs> emails at reinforcementfootballgmail.com. Craig, Craig's like, oh God, is he gonna stop yes. talking? <laughs> Talk about the war. Tell us about the war, Craig. Back in the war. Yeah. I went to go see the pipe organ in London in 2025. Nice. Okay, Grandpa. Uh, yeah, you know the meme where it's like, okay, Grandpa, let's sit yeah. down for a nap. It's a hundred feet tall organ. Okay. Uh, oh, God. We got emails. Emails from fantasyfootball at gmail.com. We have one. I was talking, less, this is insane, emails. but we talk about how you learn from pop culture stuff. Yeah. Uh, certain oh, like things. songs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like songs to teach it. So we got one from James. Because well, because Heifetz said he learned about the word skeet from the song "Get Low." I learned about the concept. <laughs> no, he learned he learned what he, that that oh. ejaculation is a thing. He found out about ejaculation. <laughs> All right, now we have to do the DK. You just jumped into it. Now we have to do the other thing where we say, "Hey, if you're with your kids." Oh yeah, sorry. Your pause mouse. the show because it's about to get really explicit and we're going to have to have Kai like copy and paste what I just said and drop no, it earlier. No, no, it's fine. Look, it's fine. You're, Craig's like, the kids are going to learn today. Kids, it's fine. Like, just lie to your kids. It's sit fine. Down, Let kids, the boy watch. stuff to tell you. Was it Eastbound Down? Let the boy watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said no. <laughs> Ashley Let Schaefer. the boy watch. <laughs> the, all right. Anyway, James. Uh, James. James Rodin. Jim. Sweaty. Yeah. When I was in seventh grade, this is James, not me. When I was James. in seventh grade, I watched Billy Madison with my sister. My sister is eight years older than me. Okay, so we, that means James, seventh grade, what are you, like 12, 13, 13? Yeah, so she's, yeah. She's 21, he's 13. She's like a freshman in college or something. He's in seventh grade. Or older, yeah, or more than oh, that. Okay. So he says, we laughed at all the jokes in Billy Madison together. And then came the scene where Billy is in class. And the teacher asked everyone to turn to page 69. Billy blurts out, ha ha, 69. <laughs> and then Billy looks around for the others who are in on the joke. My sister cackles. Art imitates me, life. Yeah, and realizes that I am just one of the kids in the movie who don't know, the, don't get the joke. And she shakes her head and says, you don't know what that means? And I'm like, no. And then she's like, uh-oh. And she, he's like, I pester her to tell me. She turns red and says, uh, it's not actually funny. And he says, <laughs> I'm now on a mission. I need to find out what the 69 thing means. And as soon it's as the movie's important. over... He says, I dial up AOL and find a chat room to uh -oh. ask. This Jesus is like Christ. a pre-Google. This is very much dating James here. Yes. Yeah. And, and he says, I never forgot that day. And I never told he, my he, sister. But he had to he find got one of those CDs room. in the mail and it, he turned on the internet. Through the, the <laughs> C, he, he plugged the CD in and the internet came out. <laughs> People were very upset with me for sort of No, half, dude, the half, recognition... I still jokingly, don't get what you mean. For jokingly, like not knowing how the internet works. That was um, the ultimate there, there, grandpa. You're like, the internet was a CD that came in the mail. <laughs> it came on, it was, they loaded the internet onto the CD. Okay, grandpa. <laughs> All right. Eat your, eat your pudding. So I, what I couldn't believe, <laughs> emails are pudding. God damn it. <laughs> emails that ring your fantasy football at I couldn't believe we got a, we got multiple. I'm going to age with also, grace, Craig. We also got one from Liam on the same topic. Liam. 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 Wait, did he ever I find out? 
Yeah, I, I think so. I now he knows. Liam says, I remember when I was 11, I started hearing all these jokes, people joking about 69. And I would laugh along like I understood the joke, which I did not. I had, Liam says, I had deduced it was sexual based on context clues. Sherlock over here. Yeah. <laughs> but for the life of me, I could not figure out why a number could be sexual. And eventually in seventh grade, my sex, there's a sex ed teacher introduces a sex box to our classroom. Nah, bad term. Bad phrase. I know. Where we could deposit anonymous. Oh, so deposit. Deposit <laughs> anonymous questions that she would answer. Where he could, he could bust, so it, I, he could bust it out into there. And uh, yeah, this is the sex box. <laughs> Liam writes, I vividly remember writing down my, this burning question I'd had for years. What's 69? And then I stare at the number on the page for like three seconds. <laughs> oh, and everything so falls into place. <laughs> And I love this email that's because hilarious. it's like the end of the usual suspects, the coffee mug. Dude, I like, was literally thinking so that. <laughs> the slow-mo Kaiser Soze moment. <laughs> yeah, it's like he writing and putting it. He's like, whoa. Life flashed before his eyes. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love that these are all sex related. I know. I also, we got one from James. Another James. Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy writes, driving around my dad would pop in a cassette of Jimmy Buffett. R.I.P. Mm. I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. Um, so he, dad would put in this cassette of Jimmy Buffett songs that Jimmy Buffett songs, you know, by heart. And he, James writes in parentheses for Craig and Heifetz cassettes were these thick rectangular <laughs> CDs that you played music off of mm-hmm. in case that was before your time, which I really appreciate. In case. Of course it was. <laughs> it's like, it's, I like they call them rectangular CDs. My grandpa anyway, had cassettes. Yeah. The email continues. James writes in my, my extended family would get together every summer. When I was 10 years old, one afternoon on one of these summer trips with my family, my dad was driving my cousins and I to a restaurant where we were meeting my other family members. And naturally, this Jimmy Buffett cassette is playing in the car. So as we get to lunch, my cousins and I walk in and we throw our arms, we throw our arms around each other, all the cousins, and we all start singing to the entire restaurant, why don't we get drunk and screw? Oh my God. And they are singing Jimmy <laughs> Buffett, Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screwed? <laughs> and the, our, he says, All our parents just look at us horrified and they start getting us to shut the hell up and just looking around at all the other people in the restaurant who are staring at them. And they were just confused because they thought it was like a screwdriver. <laughs> that's and that's funny. when you get the other parents being like, What are you teaching your children? Yes. Th- this is the one thing, this is something that happens when you have kids. Like kids will, kids. They're loose cannons. Those things are. They'll say whatever. They really do say the damnedest things. And uh, like, they'll just try anything out. When I was a kid, one time I was at my brother's basketball game in a gym and I was like, I don't know, 10 years old. And I was at a payphone hanging out with all the other like younger siblings of the people playing in the game. You're at a payphone? And yeah, there was a payphone in, the, in like the, <laughs> the, the, like the, not the lobby, but there was like, you know, the area before you get into the gym. And I was convinced that if you dialed 911 on the payphone, it wouldn't work unless you put money in. Uh, and I was, you know, and you're, it's you're a just like specific concern. Well, I don't know. I think I was trying to be like, I don't know, hot shit. I was like, what? It's not going to work. <laughs> of course, oh. I, I dial it. Cops come. The game stops. Oh, my they, God. They walk in with me, like two cops with me in the middle. My dad, who was a police, who probably, who was a police officer at the time, is looking at me from the stands like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so that's great. 
Unfortunately, uh, that, that story has aged the worst because like there's no payphones anymore. So you, it's not even a lesson you can teach your children. I was thinking about that, Craig, that when you said payphones, I'm like, man, payphones. It's like such a it's like a vestigial like yeah. thing of like a bygone era. It's just so weird. It's like, like a cassette. Yeah, like you see payphones now and you're like, oh my God, this takes me back. They're just now they're just like there's now you there. almost have to keep them because they're so historic. Right. Like you actually can't get rid of them now. They're like, you know, and they would have been species. like the British like those red whatever boxes are things in England. Yeah, but ours are just like gross and covered yeah. in in retrospect, can you imagine just touching like how gross is your phone? Dude. Like imagine a payphone. There's like there's nothing face. more disgusting. Just the idea of a payphone hand, like the handheld thing. Oh God. I, have you ever accidentally touched gum under like like a yes. countertop at a restaurant? Nightmare. That is m- worst thing you could experience. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's probably worse, but yes. No. <laughs> I, I still think all the time about DK, like, look, I, I'm a father. Like piss. Once you're a parent, piss doesn't piss me. everywhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, actually, I've never understood people who put gum under a table in a public place. Have you ever done that in your life? Be honest. No. I don't chew gum, but no, I think the answer is simple, Craig. It's that they don't care about you. I just can't believe that. Like, how hard is it to toss something in the trash can or wrap it in a paper towel and then throw it in a trash can? Sticking it under a table is like the grossest thing in the world to me. I think it's like a quiet rebellion to society. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball.gmail.com if you want to anonymously out yourself with someone who does this and explain your reasoning. Or maybe you're just the joker. Yeah, I just, ugh, I've never understood that at all. Do you know in Singapore, if you get caught like throwing gum on a sidewalk, it's like a $500 fine. I love that. There was like a famous story way back in the day of a guy that I think he was like going to get caned because he had done that or something along those lines. Well, si- well like- Singapore is a different place. Singapore that, yeah, it's the rather strict rules. We should City impose State. that here. $500 for, for throwing gum on the ground. Clean up the, uh, clean up the sidewalks. Yeah. Last email here. I want to just shout out. This is from Jaden. Jaden. Jade. So, we were talking on the Sunday show. We we're laughing about words that have one use, like smithereens. Like imagine using that in a context other than like blow to smithereens or like, I guess spangled. What's that mean? Anyway, Jaden writes, I was laughing at Craig talking about the word smithereens. Same day. My sister asks, hey, what's a playoff berth? <laughs> and yeah. he's like, I start answering it. And then in the middle, think of Craig. And he's like, I, I just found myself speechless. <laughs> That's a really good and one. Jayden that writes, is a great one. I, and Jaden just writes a series. He's like, what is a berth? Why is birth spelled with an E? <laughs> and am I the and am I the only one that doesn't know what a birth is, or is this one of those words? No, Jaden, I have no idea what B E R T is. Birth is like where you park your ship. So it's like, it, well, yeah, it, it, the Lion and Pirates of the Caribbean was like, where, where does she make birth? And he's like, where does it make birth? Yeah, the definition of birth is a ship's allotted place at a wharf or dock. It's so it's like site. I think I think they're like using that as like your allotted like, place in the postseason. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's weird. Like, but that's like no one else uses that term in that way ever. That's so old timey. Like, if we were just not, if we were renaming that today, (laughs) I would probably change it to an I. Like, I think that makes more sense. (laughs) Yeah, I know you. You were born into the postseason. Yeah, Yeah. I love a bunch of dudes being like, "Yeah, we 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 rebirth this. That's what this is like." Yeah, (laughs) the playoffs gave birth to the Houston Texans. (laughs) Birth. What's the expression, Craig? What's the expression? Maybe hyphens. You know this where you say a word so many times that it starts to like sound. Oh, really lose its meaning. Weird. Yeah. Dude, Ironically, I, we can never remember birth, the name of this word. Birth. I get. I have that all the time with the word licorice. <laughs> all the time. All licorice. the time. <laughs> licorice. How often are you saying licorice? 
Also, <laughs> that's very much also like a, a, a candy that it's like pay. It's like things that baseball was popular because there were two channels. It's like I licorice 100% was popular because there were three candies. I associate licorice with my grandmother, like 100%. People who like licorice, I like in 2023. Licorice? That is a weird word. I, it's already <laughs> sounding weird. Licorice. 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 <laughs> I used to say skirt. 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 That's a real word. Are you, I know like, skirt's a word. Are you using skirt like without the I as in like a, like a skirt? Like no, a car I'm not and saying, rap songs? no, no, no. I'm not doing onomatopoeia or whatever. Skirt. What are you saying? What? The term skirt. What, what is that? You're saying that is like licorice where it starts to sound like gibberish yes. to you? Yes. Oh, oh okay. I thought you were, were saying just like, talking about? I thought you were I, saying like, let's licorice. skirt from this conversation. Oh, no. Well, or I thought you were making be. like a like a oh skeet skeet joke with like yeah. oh like skirt, skirt. since <laughs> since you have entered fatherhood, skur skur has been like uh, brought into the wider um, like rap lexicon. Is that like what, say it in, in common usage? Say it in a sentence. I can't, I can't oh, I roll can my R's. That's it's like you're telling me to stop. <laughs> no, I just. I don't know. Okay. Oh, I was always really bummed that I couldn't roll my R's when everybody was doing the the Cardi B occur thing. I'm bummed. Occur, that, no, I can't do it. I either. can't do it. I can't. I can't. Did you not take Spanish in high school or middle school? I took Spanish in high school I and can't. college, and yet I could never roll my R's. It's like, yeah. No, I can't. That's do not it. something you like develop. You, you just can't do that, or you can't. Yeah, you got to do yeah. it young. All right, wait. We're, we're leaving. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Okay. Thank you, Jack, for help behind the scenes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Email us from your fantasy football gmail.com about anything you just heard, anything you want. But the, yeah, other weird things that you were like, I learned this in this weird way or embarrassed birth. our parents, whatever it is. But yeah, weird one phrase words. Where does it make birth? Like, that's, there's no Or if you way. remember your birth, let us know. Don't actually no. Keep that to yourself and see a doctor. Do, see a is that possible? Can, are there anyone who remembers not. their birth? No way. Zero chance. Oh, well, there's, actually, there's some I, ghosts screaming right now. Let us know. Email us if you have yeah. a memory of your birth. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't, for the record. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'd be cool. Actually, on that note, speaking of things I learned the wrong way, uh, <laughs> Janet Jackson's boob. What? Janet Jackson's boob was like the first boob I ever saw. I was like oh. six, and then my mom was in the garage. My well, parents were not like the not in the room. Ever seen? Yeah. So hey -o. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. takes us right back to birth. That I haven't blocked out of my mind. I don't know where that is. Right. But the the my parents weren't there. And because it was like 2001, like, you know, they just didn't know what happened because it you know, till the next day. <laughs> you know what's so funny they though? They no read it in the newspaper. I'd, yeah. But you yeah, they had but no you, idea I'd seen it. But you also didn't know that it was something that you weren't supposed to see, probably. I could tell from the context clues of the awkwardness of the yeah. broadcast and the reaction that that wasn't supposed to have happened. Yeah. But I didn't also totally know why. I, I remember that. I'm not the crazy one. No, 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 no I remember that. I have no idea when the first time I saw a boob was. I don't have that memory. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're just like, they feel like bags of sand. <laughs> right, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. We never did Lauren. Oh, I said, oh thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Oh, God. Thank you, Ario Speedwagon. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Goodbye!
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.